Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to move your parish from maintenance to mission. My name is Dan O'Rourke, and I got two cool people with me. Who are you cool people? Wow. Hi, I'm Kate Robinson. <laughs> Kate Robinson from St. Benedict Parish. And Rob McDowell. Rob McDowell from the Divine Renovation team, also connected to St. Benedict Parish. Yes. So it's uh, you, you, you're, you're kind of like you're doing two jobs, Rob. Sometimes, yeah. 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 <laughs> Two different business cards, although neither place has actually given me a business card. But uh, so they want me to be a part of the organizations. They just don't want me identifying myself with the organizations. I'm happy to give so. you a little scrap of paper and a crayon okay. and you can make your own card. Absolutely. <laughs> so look, guys, uh, this is going to be an awesome episode. We're going to be having Naomi Lehu on later and, and she's part of St. Anne's Parish. Uh, which is a parish in the Divine Renovation Network, and they're doing amazing things around connect groups. I'm really excited to be talking about connect groups today uh, because it is something that comes up a lot for the parishes that that we work with. And Kate, you're, you're, you've got a connection to connect groups as well. Connect, I do. Get it? I'm saying connect I, a lot. I love it. Say it as many times as you can. It's brilliant. <laughs> and I actually watched Naomi because I did get a chance to watch. I know you guys did a leadership session with the network with her on connect groups, and it was fantastic. She's yeah, we did a great a gift, deep so. dive. And so yeah. so this is sort of the, the, the more uh, it's a simplified awesome. A conversation compared to, to what uh, what we would have done with our, our network parishes in, in the uh, webinar. But I'm excited. Naomi's going to be on in a little bit. But before we get bring on Naomi, I want to just catch up with you mm. two, see how things are, are going, and also to share with you that I had a great conversation yesterday. Cool. Ooh. So, Dan, tell us about the conversation. Oh, well, I'm so glad you I asked, just... Rob. Uh, so I was, no, honestly, I was talking to Kevin Cotter over at Amazing Parish. So he's the new executive director there. He's been there for a few months, since the summer, uh, anyway. And, you know, he gets he got me all fired up around leadership in parishes. They are so focused and they're so good at leadership inside mm-hmm. of parishes. And it's it just for me, it was there was a lot of affirmation. It's a good reminder of just how critical okay. good leadership is and, and their focus around senior leadership teams. I mean, like we've, we've we lean into that stuff so much, don't we? Kate? Oh, it's so good. It's so rich. I mean, I'm, I've got about four leadership books on the go right now, um, which I'm really enjoying. And, uh, actually father Alex and I are also going to a leadership, um, mentoring program once a month, which has been really rich. Um, so yeah, it's just such a key thing and there's always room for growth and there's so much to learn on the topic and I love it. It's, it's an amazing gift, you know, and as we always say around here, and I think it's attributed to Ron, but leadership is the gift that when done well, unleashes all the other gifts. So, mm. so I, I got fired up for leadership in churches. And, and so I'm, I'm so happy to be here because I love the <laughs> stuff we do. It gets me excited yes. and talking to partners like amazing parish yes. also gets me excited. Um, so Rob, uh, you're because you're on the Divine Renovation team. I mean, I've seen your business card. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> Crayola blue. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of the things that, you know, as a team that we, we, we try and do is, is try and create connection. We're going to be talking about connect groups inside of a parish, but we also, as a team at Divine Renovation, we try and create connection. What are some of the ways that you've seen us as be intentional about creating connections internally? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you have to state it as a value, and then what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your structure, right? Because uh, structure ultimately influences and affects the culture you're going to experience because you can say you want to be something, but if you don't have a vehicle to get it there, it's probably not going to be. So, you know, the different environments uh, that we have here at uh, Divine Renovation, you know, so we have our Monday meetings, different teams connect. We have our Friday informal uh, breakfast, you know, things like that to where we're, we're, we're just calling a timeout on business. And maybe not that we won't ever talk business in any of those environments, but it's just opportunities to connect as people and say, okay, the agenda here is that we don't have an agenda, mm. you know, kind of. And so we pray together, we talk together, we connect, and then we do... Um, 
other events outside of those meetings, which I'm told happened, but haven't happened since I've started here yet. But, uh, <laughs> but I have seen pictures on social media from before I came here. And I know there's a couple things planned after I've got here. Yeah, but we, we, we try and be intentional about that because it's, it's part of forming your culture, right? So it's not, these aren't, it's not, you know, um, social gatherings for the sake of social gatherings. It's yeah. social gathering for the sake of, of affirming each other, of, of connecting with each other and of forming the right kind of culture. Yeah. And I don't think we get it right. I really don't. I think, you know, I think we make steps in the right direction. Um, but for me anyways, and I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's fresh in my mind only because this entire studio smells like bacon. Uh, and so, cause we, we, when we film on our days, what we film, it's, it's the day that we have the optional gathering for the entire divine renovation team. Uh, and so there's one of our team members will always, and it, it rotates, uh, volunteer to, to make breakfast. And this morning, uh, obviously bacon and eggs were on the menu and man, it smells good in here today. It still does. Still does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And it's, and I, I love those mornings because, uh, well, because of bacon and also because it's a great chance to, to connect and, and to hang out with each other and spend time with each other and with co-hosts and I want to implement that at St. Benedict for sure. We need a St. Benedict breakfast. Maybe we'll have eggs Benedict or something, but eggs I Benedict. would love to try go. and yep. implement that. I think that's a beautiful gift and a great cultural um, piece that you guys are doing really well with. So. Well, we, what we, as much as we, I think we do do some things right, but I, uh, the thing I think we struggle with the most is the remote team members. And we've got so many of them. I, I, I always, I wish we could send them all bacon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about team yes. culture, um, it just reminds me that we had the blessing um, at the parish to be visited by a, a staff team of another local area Christian church um, that came and they they do a monthly team building where they go and they do different things. They'll go off site or whatnot. And so they asked if they could come to St. Benedict um, and Father Alex took them through the Stations of the Cross. And then we had some social time to gather together and just to connect and hear about what it is that they're doing in their church mm -hmm. and, and meet and, you know, greet some of their staff. It was a really cool opportunity to just connect with another local church that are doing really amazing things. So that was a, a, a really cool blessing. And I thought, what a great idea, you know, that monthly um, opportunity to just gather and, like you say, not be about business, but just connect as a team and grow together. So that was really cool. Well, I love the, it was interesting years ago, I came across a book called The Wisdom of Teams. And it was an actually a research-based approach to uh, what actually contributes to high-functioning teams. And so often teamwork, uh, we talk about teamwork and it sounds great and it can be all rah-rah, but a lot of times when you get into teams, it just bogs down and uh, it, you know nobody gets excited about it. And it was interesting in the, in the study, they said one of the things you have to commit to is recognize when you first come together as a team, uh, you're, you're going to be less productive than you were as a collection of individuals all on your own. and yet, But you have to trust the process to grow because when you first come together, you're not automatically a team, you're a work group, right? And you have to learn different skills and, you know, and it was interesting and they talked about it and here's these researchers spent hundreds of hours and all kinds of stuff like that. And one of the, one of the key things is that you get comfortable with conflict, which we coach into and, and discuss here uh, quite a bit. But actually at the end of the day, the one thing that helps high-functioning teams uh, get traction uh, and improve results and performance is that they know that they love each other, mm. right? And so I always love it when research, you know, spends <laughs> lots of money to come back and it, it, it what's, you know, it comes to the conclusion of something Jesus told us a couple thousand years ago, right? So good. And, you know, if we just simply could take Jesus at his word and, you know, believe what he says and believe what the scriptures say, 
uh, you know, we could actually step into and some so, really cool principles. I, I think it's so key. And I think, you know, there's especially a parish that's on mission. A missional parish tends to be really busy, really active. Yeah. Right. And so it's easy. I mean, like it would be so easy for us to cut our, our Friday morning time together as a team. It would be the easiest thing. That we could use that time. My goodness. Mm. Could we ever use an extra couple hours? Not that we spend that much time eating bacon, but yeah. we could use the we could use that extra half hour that we do spend together to do other things. But, you know, we're, we, we, we guard it. I've been so protective of that mm. time because I think it's important for us to be able to be together and, and to just, you know, to love on each other, speak into each other's lives, to talk about uh, getting your roof re-shingled, which I think, you know, you, you were talking about this morning. Yeah. And, and, and just, it's that kind of that stuff that pops yeah. up that you wouldn't get a chance to hear otherwise. Yeah, well, even in the conversation today and, you know, we're, you know, I, I see Nathan just about here every day who's off set right now and find out today he's talking about moving and which I, I had no awareness of the move, but I wasn't brought up to speed on that. It's like, you know, it's yeah. stuff I care about. And so now when he needs help moving, I'll know what day to be busy, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, there's uh different You're ways supposed to love him. Rob, well, that yeah. means moving. <laughs> I, I think that's strategic ways. That's so good. I know that we're in the process of forming a team um, at St. Benedict right now, the team that I'm with, the mission support team, which um, has been a wonderful blessing. And we're doing, you know, coming together for our meetings where we're doing a book study right now. We're reading through Rebuilt, which has been really fun because <laughs> it's great. so good. It's such a great resource. So, and it's lending itself to a lot of great conversation. And, you know, we do things like share high lows, get to know one another. And, uh, and so it's just been a wonderful, and to your point, especially in mission support where we're kind of operational, you know, the temptation is to be doing all the operational things that are pressing, um, you know, snow removal is a thing that we're thinking of these days and it's coming upon us. So things like that, but to spend that time intentionally to form as a team and to get to know Mm -hmm. one another is, is, is really rich and good. And I highly recommend to anyone to resist that temptation to just be about the business, you know, and take that time to get to know one another and build that culture. And pray, right? To pray yeah. together because it allows us to pray into each other's lives. It allows Absolutely. us to pray into our collective mission. And I think it, it, it creates a different kind of bond. For sure. Absolutely. All right. So I'm so excited. Let's, let's pause here because I'm, I want to bring on Naomi. I want to take advantage of as much of her time as we possibly can. So we're going to take a, a brief break. Brief break. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back with Naomi. And welcome back. And Naomi, thank you so much for joining us today. Dan, thanks for having me. It's nice to uh, get to be a part of this. Well, we, I, you know, we've we, you and I have had the, the opportunity to hang out like this in the past, the sort of the virtual uh, conversation. But I, I'm so excited for everything that I hear going on at your parish. I'm so excited for what you're doing. Uh, but I want to introduce you to, to our audience because so many of them, it'll be the first time hearing your story and the story of what's happening at St. Anne's. Yes. So, so Naomi, what is, what's your, what's your role at St. Anne's Parish? Yes, thank you. I'm the coordinator of discipleship here at St. Anne's with our Office of Evangelization. And so I work a lot with the Alpha program um, and then a lot with the um, Connect groups, those post-Alpha community groups. Excellent. And so your parish, St. Anne's, it it was one of the earliest ones that got got connected with the Divine Renovation Ministry. Uh, So you've been part of uh, the experience of being coached and and, and uh, your your senior leadership team there has been part of the coaching network for, for a long time. Yes, it's been extraordinary. Our pastor is in his 70s, but just was ready to go when he encountered this. And it's been just a phenomenal part, phenomenal thing to be a part of seeing this parish just really kind of move and change. We're a large parish, you know, like a lot of parishes are. It takes a lot of momentum to get things going. And it's just been very exciting to get to be a part of it. 
Now we've got parishes that connect with us from from all over the world, but I know yours happens to be in Texas. Is that right? Yeah, uh-huh, yep. We're in Coppell, Texas, which is um, kind of a suburb of Dallas, kind of in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Now, some of the parishes we work with, Naomi, they, they tend to be a bit smaller. I know you don't have that problem, do you? <laughs> There are parishes larger, but we're definitely considered on the large end for a Catholic church. So we run about 8,000 families. That's that, so. that would be large. Yeah, that's large. That's, that's a <laughs> very, you slice it. yeah, that's a big coffee social. That's, that's, that's I mean, you know, there you go. That's a lot so. of connect groups, potential for a lot, lot of connect groups. A lot of potential. Yes. Yes. A lot of potential. So here's, here's, so. here's one of the things that I've always heard Father James Mallon say is that the bigger you become, the smaller you <laughs> must, wait, no, that's not what he says at all. What does he actually say? Okay. I'm totally butchering the quote. It's yeah. And it's, it's not originally his quote, but it's um, basically that the larger the ch- church size, you know, the smaller you have to become like you, you were close, I think. And I, I butchered it too, but you know, you have to work to become small. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so you've got that, you've got that problem like in spades, Naomi, like your, your parish is, is, is huge with, with 8,000 families, my goodness. And so you have to be so intentional about becoming small. And, right. and, and you've got communities, you've, 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 uh, you've leaned into the idea of, of connect groups as one of the ways to achieve that. Yes, yes, exactly. So like you're just talking about, it's very easy for people to feel lost here. You know, you can come to Mass and just remain anonymous, even if you've been here for years at a time. Um, but I think we all know that people are longing to be known, that they're searching to belong, that they want to be cared for. And it's in a, a way that you can't expect our pastor and the two other priests to be able to do. And so that's one of the beautiful things I think about these connect groups is that you're getting people in these small communities where they can really be cared for and known and loved. Um, And I really like to think of it reminiscent of kind of like what the early church would have been, right? People gathering together in these homes, loving and caring for each other, growing together, you know, kind of the the phrase you hear a lot is doing life together. Um, So it's just vitally important, I think, for um, really for any church, but especially like you were saying, a church that is as large as we are. So in, in our in our parish, St. Benedict Parish, we use connect groups uh, as a way to form community. And I know the way we do them differs a slight bit from the way you do them uh, in terms of the way you've approached these things. But why don't you help us define what is a connect group at, at St. Anne's Parish? Sure. St. Anne's is a mid-sized community of Alpha alumni where people can connect and grow. I think that's the the phrase that we got there from St. Benedict's. Um, And so just a really just beautiful thing where people gather. Um, We try to do uh, twice a month with the gathering. It's usually um, in a home. There's a shared meal. There's a time of, you know, fellowship with that, an icebreaker, just that people are continuing to grow in those relationships. Some sort of... um, presentation, teaching, sharing, witness, you know, some sort of meat, you know, content of the night, so to speak, breaking up into small groups within the larger group to really talk and to, um, you know, dive into it and then closing with prayer. Um, And we really try to incorporate worship as a part of that prayer also. So I think a similar model to um, St. Benedict's. So the first thing that I picked up on that you, that you said was uh, the connection to to Alpha. And so mm-hmm. you said the Alpha alumni, and you kind of just dropped that and kept going. And I, so I think there's actually something there that's quite interesting. Yes. Uh, so, how, yeah. Like, what, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Help me understand. Well, you know, and it's something that we're really even kind of, you know, wrestling with ourselves, you know, like as far as um, wanting many people at St. Anne's to experience the beauty of community and wanting to offer maybe different entry points, you know, into that. 
Um, but, but currently that the connect group said it's people who have journeyed through alpha together just to kind of have that same foundation that they've been exposed to the charisma, you know, that they have been exposed to the Holy Spirit, that they've been exposed to a, a certain way just of prayer and of, of openness so that people are starting with a similar foundation. Right. Now, now, Kate, uh, at St. Benedict Parish, I mean, you're, you're, you're in charge of connect groups. You're in charge. So <laughs> the way that, that you're seeing them evolve at St. Benedict, help me understand what you see as the connection between Alpha and, and connect groups at, at our parish. So similar, the same uh, as Naomi said, we do encourage the members of connect groups to be Alpha alumni because we do want them to have that foundational experience, the encounter with the Holy Spirit. And because we encourage everyone um, to come and to experience Alpha so they know what Alpha is about and they've, you know, they, that they're, you know, they're much more equipped then to invite and to encourage others to um, come through Alpha. And so, yeah, that's our first step as well. Oftentimes for us, and it's maybe similar for Naomi in Texas, it's people who've come off Alpha team. So, you know, they may go through Alpha the first time and then be invited back for team. And then, you know, we treat Alpha team like our leadership pipeline. And so people are often identified through Alpha as, um, you know, connect group members and possibly connect group leaders as well. So, because right. leadership is such an important and key piece with connect groups and their growth, right? That's an it's, very it's funny. So piece. I was at a, um, I go to a men's group uh, this day, day of the week, every week. And uh, it's a bit, it's fairly big. It's about 20 some odd people. And I was sitting there this morning and uh, one of the guys uh, in my group, we were talking about Alpha because he runs, he's the guy who leads Alpha at, at their parish. And uh, anyways, he was talking to me about the, the different approaches he's, because he, he's doing some research, the, the different approaches he's seeing to, to Alpha. And, and he, he's putting his finger right on the problem. He says, so many of these parishes that he's connecting with, they're running Alpha, and then what? And it's, right. it's the, right. and, and then what right. is, is, is where they're running into problems. And he's like, I, you know, he's, he's, he's created some discipleship groups, which I think is a phenomenal uh, mm-hmm. way and certainly a, a functional way to approach the, the challenge. But he's, he, what he's identifying is the, and then what? And I think yes. that's what you, what you're yeah. addressing, right, Naomi? Right, exactly. And you see it like almost, you know, the certain week in the alpha course where people start to realize like, oh my goodness, this is going to end. You know, and, and a lot of groups, it's like kind of a, a startling thought because they have just grown so much and they've enjoyed it so much and so much community that that question really starts to come. Like, what what do I do after this? You know, obviously, like Kate was saying, alpha team is a huge one that we really want to invite all of the guests to come back and be a part of the team. Um, but then to to really encourage them to continue that alpha experience through these connect groups. And so I know with, with the divine renovation model, we don't require, by any means, we don't require parishes have connect groups, right, Rob? No. So, go ahead. Well, it's just ultimately, I mean, connect groups, to your earlier point, the connect groups kind of grew out of HTB because I think they struggled with the what's, what's next question as That's well. That's Holy right? Trinity Brompton, the, the yes, church who created Holy Trinity Brompton, yes. Uh, yes. Thanks for the correction. Uh, and so I think that's that's one of the the, the questions every parish wants to ask. I think it's do you, it's not should you do connect groups or not. The, the question I think all parishes need to ask is what is next, right? How right. do you how do you help people to continue to grow and progress? We've settled on connect groups being the best way in our context, things like that. But so I think that the question is the more important thing as opposed to the. They, oh, we need, now we need to do connect groups because that's how they do it at, at St. Benedict or that's how they do it at St. Anne's, whatever the case might be, right? So how are you going to help people continue on, I think, is the principle that you, first of all, want to be asking as you kind of continue on. Isn't, I think that's so key, too, because it, it goes to the why. Understand why you're doing something rather than just copying and pasting a model. And so 
you know, it's not just the best practice that you want to bring into your parish. And in the case of, of St. Anne, I imagine that you're seeing uh, that, that it's working fairly well, that that practice is a good fit for your, for your context. Right. But how, right. how, how, how long ago was it that you actually launched your first Connect groups, Naomi? We launched two, we started with two groups and that was two and a half years ago. So we started with those two groups. And how many are you um, up to now? We're up to nine. Nine. So yeah, really, really exciting, and really kind of trying to um, maybe identify key demographics, you know, of of like groups that just really kind of need to get started. Um, and that's been really exciting to be a part of. So I don't know what your experience has been. One of the biggest challenges for us in starting connect groups really has been the leaders, you know, because it's so huge. Like it is so huge. The people that you empower to be the shepherds really guiding this small faith community. Um, and so I think sometimes that, that, that is, that is a challenge, kind of a limiting factor sometimes in, in expanding the group model, but, um, feel just very, very strongly that you want to be sure that you have the right people that you are entrusting, um, with that ministry, because it is just so key. So Naomi, how are you and St. Anne's, how are you guys finding your leaders? How are you identifying them, raising them up, forming them? What does that look like for you guys? We pray a lot about, no, <laughs> Lord, please. <laughs> um, really, it's through Alpha. Alpha is just a beautiful leadership pipeline, and we've really experienced that here at St. Anne's. People who weren't even involved really with anything at St. Anne's, they come through as a guest, they come as a helper. You know, now they're a lead host, and we realize, like, man, they're just really phenomenal at this. You know, certain people just really can kind of embrace that and just really get and live all of the Alpha values. And so then after that, after they've been really um, kind of doing that and even training, you know, helping other hosts to get better than to um, in invite them into this kind of a next step, kind of as they feel, you know, maybe um, pulled out of alpha, right? That they've kind of been there long enough to invite them then into leadership with connect groups. So that's been huge for us to seeing people really grow through alpha and then inviting them into this, this new form of leadership with the connect groups. How does that compare to your experience, Kate? Yeah, very similar. Um, a lot of connect group leaders have come through Alpha with us as well. And it, I echo what Naomi says, that that leadership piece is so key. You know, you want the right people in place to be shepherding. And, and you know, they're considered small P pastors. And so um, we're blessed to have incredible leaders in the parish. I'm constantly amazed at what they're doing, you know, to help people to grow and to, to be in relationship together. Um, it's beautiful. And we've done some different things around formation from our leaders, and we're constantly looking to innovate and, and come alongside them and help equip them um, to be able to, you know, walk with people and accompany them on their faith journey. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm just, I marvel when I get together with Connect Group leadership teams and they tell me some of the things they're doing, you know, to, you know, to nurture the lives of the people that they're, that have been entrusted to them. And uh yeah, it's it's quite incredible. I'm very grateful. They're <laughs> really good people. I'd be curious to know: is there ever a correlation uh, uh, from either of you? If you see, do you ever see someone that comes through Alpha that's an amazing leader that maybe is an average Connect Group leader, or vice versa? Like they 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 lead an Alpha table, they come out and they're like, yeah, they're okay, and then they they flourish in Connect Groups. Is there any correlation? Uh, that you see, or is it like if you're a rock star at Alpha, you're going to be a rock star at Connect Group, or vice versa? I'm not, I'd be curious to know uh, whether you see any, any translation. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really intriguing question. I don't know that I've given it as enough thought. Like it's such a good key piece. I think um, what I have found is that with connect groups, at least what I've seen with the groups, is that there's a little bit more freedom if, you know, you know, like one night doesn't go maybe as well, or maybe the leader didn't do this, this the same, um, because there's such a buy-in from 
the, the community there already, that maybe it's even um, uh, not as uh, high stakes. Is that okay to say that? Of, of a leadership role? <laughs> right, right. You know, because sometimes on, on Alpha, you know, it's kind of like, oh man, I don't, you know, we don't want to, you know, it's only week three and I don't want to, you know, blow this and lose them forever, you know, not that anybody should approach it that way because we trust the Holy Spirit to be at work. But I think that because the, the relationships really are so strong in, in connect groups um, that, that the, uh, the leaders have at least a little bit more freedom maybe to even still continue to grow as leaders. I'm not sure, Kate, how you would speak into that. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, connect groups really are, are families, right? That's how we consider them. And so, you know, families can be messy and families can have challenges or struggles and families can be in a great season where things are going really well. And so it's interesting. I've had the experience where um, a f- like phenomenal leaders at small group for Alpha who are just like so gifted have been unsure if connect group leadership is for them. Like, Mm. you know, and a couple of times I've been surprised thinking for sure that, you know, I know they'll, hopefully they'll really want to take that step. And they're, they're a bit hesitant and unsure of what's, you know, what that's going to mean. So we have to do a better job of, you know, kind of communicating and sharing that we'll, we'll assist them and help bring them along. But I have had a few people who've said, I'm I'm not sure I'm quite ready for that step. Um, And sometimes that happens, you know, if people aren't in a connect group first, and then you're inviting them potentially, mm-hmm. in, you know, to discern leadership of connect group, it is probably helpful if they can be in a connect group first and see what it's about and probably to remove some of the, you know, the pressure feeling or the thought that, you know, what, what the expectation is going to be to actually experience it and see, okay, no, I think, you know, I can do this. I get what this is about now. I get that I don't have to do everything perfectly. I have to accompany people. There's some things that, that, you know, I need to, to assist with, but that all the pressure is not on me as Naomi said. Right. So. right. So, and to speak to that, I'm sorry, just as a way, like as we were talking about finding leaders, um, something that has been really beautiful is to see not just right after Alpha Team, but really people go from Alpha Team and they join a connect group. And so they're experiencing it, they're growing in it. And then you start to see like, wow, these people would be phenomenal leaders of a connect group also. Mm-hmm. And so we've done it sometimes that way where first they start in the connect group as a, a member and then we even kind of um, spread spread the group where the original leaders kind of now take new leaders kind of under their wing and, and begin to form these new groups. Because I think you're right, there can be a lot of hesitancy if they haven't kind of experienced it and had a chance to grow into those relationships also. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you said at, at the outset, and I, I think I heard the same from Kate, is one of the challenges is, is around leadership and finding the right leaders. And I know in the past at St. Benedict Parish, maybe it's, quite, maybe it's the same right now, but at least in the past, we had a lot of people who wanted to be in connect groups, but we didn't have enough leaders to lead them. Like, and I know for a lot of parishes that might be listening, like you're like, what? There was there was a lineup to get into groups, and and you like, it's like, yeah, no, we had like a lineup to get into groups, and we couldn't launch them because we didn't have the right leadership. What, what's your experience been like around that, Naomi? We're not quite there yet. We're not quite there. Um, it's just. N- still growing as a piece of the culture here at St. Anne's because in a lot of ways we are still kind of new in this journey. Um, so there hasn't been like um, waiting lists, you know, to get into connect groups. The, the thing for me has been more identifying um, like certain certain demographics. Like I really knew that we needed kind of a, a younger young adult group, you know, so trying to identify young adult leaders or, um, you know, cer- certain things like that or um, we really needed a uh, kind of a mids, you know, you're not like quite a young 20, you're a middle 30, but you're, you know, maybe don't have a family yet and still trying to find your place. So for me, it's been more kind of strategically trying to see what um, demographics and communities maybe could benefit from some intentional community. Um, 
I hope, I hope that we get to the day where, um, where people are just, you know, waiting, you know, to be able to get into these. <laughs> you hope. I think Kate's but, hoping to get away so. from that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so you be, it's challenging, though. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's challenging to, to see this need and to, to not be able to um, meet it, you know, all of the time yet. So. It seems to me like you're being really intentional around demographics. Like so, so when you're forming your groups, you're looking at the, at the demographics as being one of the key markers. Is that right? Not always. Some groups love having just a whole wide range. You know, some people love that. They love being with people of very different ages and very different stages of life. And I think there's a lot to that. That is really, really beautiful. Um, but I just happened to notice that it wasn't happening. Maybe with some people in a in a certain age, especially kind of our 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 unattached 30s maybe is that kind of a, a way to say it that they they just weren't making the jump as well into some of these other groups um but i think that sometimes people really benefit from just a variety of experience and stages of life in their group i just want to make sure that there's enough options that people can choose you know where they feel a great fit and you know one of the questions was looking at um what is the next best step for after alpha um and i just think that connect groups in in so many ways just has a lot of um brilliance to it and i think one of the things that i like about it and i'm not sure if it's the same at saint benedict's but we even encourage people to visit a few different ones you know like like the beauty of a mid-sized community is it doesn't have to be this like intense pressure thing where if i go and i don't like it now i'm going to be embarrassed if I see them again because they're going to want to know, you know, like really allowing people the space to find the community that they will best flourish in. Um, I've always felt that was one of the things that when Father James speaks on connect groups, one of the things he leans into is exactly that point that it's, it's kind of, it, it, the group is, is, is big enough that you're not lost, but it's big enough that you're not the focus, like, you know, so yes. it's easier to join and, and leave. And it doesn't have that, that same social pressure that a, a small uh, group might have. Uh, which right. is, is another model. I mean, like small groups are, you know, that yeah, can be very effective. which is a beautiful, beautiful model. But we just, for us, we really have just, we just really believe that connect groups are just such a great next step. And um, there's this book, jo- Joseph Myers, the, uh, what is it? The, the search to belong. And he talks about these four different social spaces that people can be in the like public, social, uh, personal, private, maybe. And he just makes the case for why it just really is important for churches to consider, do I have a social space? Do I have a, a large enough community where people have a good chance to really meet people that they really do connect with so that then they can form these deeper relationships? So we just really believe in kind of that mid-sized community model. Yeah, I love that. I that's that's so good because that's been my experience, you know, having um returned to faith after years away and I had done a lot of like when I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and realized, you know, that God was real and that God loved me. Um I was doing a lot of learning, like I was, you know, and I was even going to some small groups and in some learning environments and they were wonderful, but I remember being at mass one Sunday and just being, you know, struck by the beauty and the reality of it and then turned to someone beside me and was just like, you know, this is real and they were kind of like disinterested. And, and, and I was just kind of, you know, it was like throwing cold water a little bit on and, and Mm -hmm. for me, connect group, having that, that opportunity to have Christian community and be surrounded by people who want to like learn and grow, um, and want to know about me and in my life in the day to day and doing it together, it just made such a difference. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I love that, that social space. It's not entirely social, obviously, because there's, we have a, a format, but it's wonderful to have that opportunity to grow together and to know about each other's daily lives. Mm-hmm. Like I often say my parents, their generation, um, 
knew, like we knew who sat around us at church, like in the pews around us, we knew their statistics, like, oh, they have four kids and he's a dentist and she's a lawyer or, you know, various things, but you didn't necessarily know how you could be praying for those people. Whereas in connect groups, I, you know, I, we pray together. So I know like we're often texting each other prayer intentions and requests. And it's just that fellowship, that community that's really, really rich and valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you clarified social doesn't re- speak to the yeah. format just to the, you know, the size, the size of the group. So exactly. absolutely. Thank Love you for that. clarifying that. So Naomi, if you've, if you've been, uh, you're two years into the, the, the journey of connect groups, uh, you must have had some interesting experiences. What, what are some of the, the stories that you might have uh, from, from that the last couple of years? Are there, what are the wins? Tell me some of the wins. The wins. Oh my goodness. Where do you start, right? There's just so, so many beautiful, beautiful stories. Um, one of the ones that's just really um, exciting to me is people who have um, Tim and Trudy, who have become just dear, dear friends. And they were at St. Anne's for about five years and, you know, just, just kind of in and out mass goers um, came through Alpha and they said the, just the experience of being loved exactly for who they were just changed them, you know, just changed who they were. And then they joined the connect group. Um, and then we identified like very, very quickly that these people, you know, were just extraordinary. And we invited Tim, um, even he started as a, a member to grow into um, leadership now of one of the connect groups. But the thing that was so beautiful is that they just had their second child. They had a little baby girl, um, Isabella, a few months ago. And so we threw a connect baby shower and we had people sign up to bring meals and they were so moved because it was such a different experience than when they had their first child because they had nobody. They had no community. They, they had nothing of this experience, which just should be natural to us as Christians, right? Coming alongside people and loving on them and bringing meals and helping them. But you see the power of how that transforms people and, and changes families by being able to um, experience that loving care and the drastic change it was for them in their own life, you know, from baby number one with nobody to baby number two with now this family really journeying with them, which is just a neat example. I, so good. Isn't that, like, I love it's it so, so much. It's beautiful. It, it's one of those key things like, you know, you don't know what that that community, with that authentic community, can can actually be like until you've had the opportunity to experience it. And so, even as I as I hear you you sharing, Naomi, I'm like, oh man, if some of these other, if some of these leaders, some of these priests, some of these pastors could could have this experience of what authentic, you know, Christian community can feel like, my goodness, it's right. it's beautiful. It's a it's a baby shower every week. I mean, it's so yeah. exciting. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And at least the people that I encounter, I feel like there's a question in people's hearts, like like who are my people? Like, like if, if I, we go through a suffering, you know, there was a one connect group and it was just, it was beautiful how the connect group came around them, but it was just tragic to watch is this couple and he ended up with bacterial meningitis and was in the hospital, you know, very scary, very severe. And as the wife is trying to care for him, her mother dies like all at the same time. And you know, your heart is just breaking that these people are going through this suffering and then kind of almost in the same, like in the pain of that rejoicing as you see these people be surrounded. I mean, just like, like loved through something that was so terrible. And, you know, you wonder, like, I think people want to know that who, who are my people? Like, who are my people that will be with me when, when things are hard, who will be my people that will be with me when there's great joy. And I think the reality is that most people don't have that. Maybe they have family or maybe they have a close friend. But if you ask them, like, who are your people that you know are going to be there with you, you know, no matter what. And I think the sad thing is that a lot of people be like, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know who those people would be. 
So it's just so beautiful and important, you know, to continue to help people find that. I think, I think this is one of the untapped potentials of the church because statistics show we're becoming lonelier and lonelier. And regardless of how much social media ri- you know, rises and how many friends we have on Facebook, whatever the case is, we're becoming lonelier. In fact, yeah. I think it was even referenced on this podcast once before over in the UK, there was a minister of loneliness or something like that that was, uh, that was uh, put, put in place, you know, because I think, you know, a number of different things in, in Western societies in particular, we're growing, we're growing much more individualistic. Um, you know, we, we move away from family a lot more. We transition jobs a lot more. So I think loneliness is, is a much bigger issue than it used to be. And mm-hmm. I think the church has such an amazing uh, opportunity to just tap into that and to, and to offer something that no one else out there is offering. Mm. Right. Absolutely. I think there's a, there's a lot of truth to that. My mom just um, moved to town and uh, from from uh, Toronto, so it's uh, you know several hours uh, away. <laughs> like several hours, it's it's a long <laughs> way away. It's more than several hours. Okay, uh, not walking distance. All right. Uh, anyway, so she just moved to town, and she's she's visited uh, before, and she's actually been to to my Connect group as as a guest on a couple occasions, I believe. And uh, anyways, one of the first things uh, she asked about when she got to town was, so how do I join one of those connect groups? Because, yes. you know, she's new to town. She needs to, she knows she wants to have community and she's, yes. she's experienced it uh, through visiting mine, which I'm not letting her join. Uh, <laughs> sorry, choice, sorry mom. It's, uh, there's limits. There's, there's, there's limits. Uh, and so, so, but that's exactly what she's craving, Rob, because, you know, it, it's not that she's uh, lonely, but she's she's experiencing sort of a, a desire for greater community now that she's in a place where she doesn't actually have it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Right. Having moved a lot with my family uh, the last few years, this is where I'm living now. It's the longest my kids have lived anywhere. And so you you feel that void every time you move, right? And mm. it's it's the hardest thing to get established. And it's the thing that you hate leaving the most when you move, right? right. And I think the easier it is for churches to create on ramps and be intentional about creating community for people. Uh, the, the, like we talk about how do we grow our churches? You tap into that and you won't ever have a building big enough. Mm. Right. Right. So now I, I imagine you have other wins. I'm going to push you though to, to, to give me some of your challenges and you can weave your other wins in as you want. <laughs> to make it not look quite so bad. No. <laughs> but I don't, I, you know, as, as, as amazing as connect groups are, I don't want to have people left with the impression that, um, that they're easy and that, right. that it's easy to, to get these going and that they're just kind of, you know, you just put the key in the ignition and turn and then it, it drives itself. So help yeah, me understand what yeah. some of your experiences, what some of the challenges are, have been that you've seen. Sure. I think we talked about, you know, finding the leaders is a big challenge. We shared a little bit about how we don't have quite the same culture. So getting people to make the, the jump to give them a try to join them, you know, we have to really work on how we're talking about them, how we're exposing people to connect groups. Um, I think Let me ask you before you before you move on past that. What how are you communicating about them to your to people at St. Anne's? Yes, um, a big part of it is that last night on Alpha, you know, kind of talking about next steps, and so obviously talking about connect groups there is is a big thing. Um, you know, it's hard for people though sometimes if they're not really sure, you know, what it looks like, or really the way that the connect group groups for us grow best is when 
alpha team members are in a connect group, you know, and to say, hey, man, come and check it out with me. Because it's kind of a big jump just to be like, oh, I'll go try this, try this connect group. So they, they really grow that way. Um, we're working on trying to, um, we're getting ready to launch a new, a new website. And so helping kind of have connect groups have a greater prominence, just trying to help them to be a little bit more just visible in the wider community. Um, and then even, I don't know, trying to think about things like, you know, like what a little video where you could see like, oh, they look normal and that's what you do. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, just kind of, oh, that makes sense now that I've kind of seen it. You know, it, it doesn't seem like as big of a jump to show up at this person's house now. So still trying to figure out some of those ways as we um, continue to, to change the culture here of it. Mm. So, that, so, so I, I think that's helpful because I, I, I do think the way you communicate it, uh, what a connect group is, is, is probably something that like, like Kate, what, how do we do it at, at St. Benedict? What does that look like for us? I think we have similar challenges, um, you know, convincing people to into leadership, you know, is, is a thing. And then also convincing people there is a fear, like, what is it going to be, you know? And so want to really do a good job of, of, uh, guiding people when they're considering and discerning joining a connect group, you know, like, and, uh, we've kind of encouraged the leaders to do different things, but depending on their comfort level, like whether it's, if the leaders want to go for coffee with somebody or, you know what I mean? First, or if, if someone might be feeling unsure about coming for the first time or encouraging some connect groups have done like more of a formal kind of come and see where they've, you know, kind of opened the doors for a few people who might be discerning it, just trying to have creative ways to onboard people, um, into connect groups and, and really to give them that message that you don't, it's, it's to Rob's point earlier, you, you don't know what you're missing until you've kind of experienced it. I think in a way, like I know one of the things father Simon said, and, and, you know, in his book is he initially had the, you know, this people are too busy. Like they're not going to like, this is too much. <laughs> and then, you know, and then he's like, actually not true. You know, people really do need this. And so, um, helping to just give people that nudge to encourage them to give it a try and hopefully to, to remove some of those barriers or fears or. Yeah. Well, the tension to manage is every, we, we intuitively desire community, but we're also fearful and scared of being rejected. So what we want the most, a lot of times we're also scared the most to pursue. Mm-hmm. Right. I see it. Right. So there's that kind of internal tension. Uh, everybody wants to be accepted and loved and a part of a group, but everybody's also fearful and scared of rejection. Am I going to connect with them? And is it going to be awkward? So you're always trying to, you're always trying to communicate it's normal and it's safe, but you control the experience and how you progress towards that. And that's, that's, that's a, that's a tension to manage. And it's just one of those things that you have to kind of work. Some of the, some of the groundwork is already laid through, through alpha, right? Because people are used now to, to being in in some semblance of community and, and with regularity, because I mean, alpha, you know, it's every week connect groups, uh, at least the way we, we approach them is every other week. So it's actually less investment of time uh, than, than the alpha experience. And so for bringing them in through alpha, there's at least an element of the fact that they're used to this. Okay, no, I'm supposed, as a Christian, I I come together with other Christians and we talk about stuff and we pray about stuff. That's a thing we do, right? Exactly. No, it's such a good point because I think for a lot of people, they come to Alpha and they think, well, I'm not going to stick around for this. Like what, what, you know, this is really, or, and then they find themselves sticking around and they find themselves, of course, as the relationships develop, really looking forward to that Friday night experience. And so to your point, coming through to connect group, it's not so foreign to sit around, you know, in a small group and discuss faith or to, to give a talk on faith yourself or, you know, so yeah, it does really, really help to hopefully 
lower that, that stress level for people. And I, my experience, yeah. Naomi, I'd be curious to know if this is the same as you've experienced. We, in, in my personal connect group, the connect group I'm a member of, uh, we've actually had uh, people come and check it out to discern whether it's a good fit for them. Uh, we've had people that have come who have not experienced alpha. And for them, it is like a huge cultural like shock, right? It's a shock to the system to see like, you know, uh, people praying together out loud using words and not just saying a hail Mary. Like, I mean, like it's, 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 it can be a real, uh, a real culture shock for them. Right. And, and so if you haven't had for the people who visited my connect group, anyways, if they hadn't had the alpha experience, uh, they, they tend to not really feel like it's for them. Is it, what about in your experience? Are we, are you bringing in people who haven't been through alpha? It's mostly just spouses, spouses yeah. who haven't been through alpha, you know, that, that are invited to come along. Um, and it is, it can be a, a big jump for people, you know, especially if you maybe are Catholic and you've been a part of the church to like talk about things and, and to share. So, um, I think that's one of the, you know, beauties of it is um, about that alpha experience is like you said, it helps people to like, okay, this is okay to, to share about faith and everything. The other thing that I think helps connect groups a lot is that then the people who are in the connect group already know how to live um, like non-judgmental listening and acceptance and, and love, you know, like, like there's just such foundational things that become a part of how we interact with others that I think is really important that it's, continued on in those connect groups, you know, so that if somebody did come in, because what you're saying, I think is still there, you know, like, well, this, what is this going to be like? Am I going to be judged? Is this going to be even as much as like, you know, an alpha, how you don't make anybody talk. Um, and I think that's important that people know that in the connect group, that those things still continue, that you still have the freedom, you know, to, to participate, to listen, you know, that you'll be loved, that you won't be judged. Um, and I think that's a, another huge part of it um, as far as creating that experience. Help me understand and some of the other lessons you might have learned since you, you, you launched your connect groups. We've talked about a whole bunch, but I, I don't want to get in the way of you sharing more of your learnings um, from, from your experience of having launched connect groups at St. Anne's. Yeah, more, more of our learnings. Um, goodness, I, I think it's just helped to um, kind of allow each group some freedom to figure out what will work best for them. And I think that's kind of nice for people to know that, that connect groups are not these cookie cutter, you know, things that all have to look the same, that there's a, a format that is given. Um, but the connect groups, I think that have thrived the most is when their leaders are empowered to do that, to discern like, well, this is really the vibe of our group. This is where the Holy Spirit is leading. And I think where we've had the most tension is when leaders felt like, well, but no, it needs to be like, you know, this, then this, then this, then, then this, you know, um, even leaders getting burdened with things that you just don't want to see them burdened with. You know, we want to see our connect group leaders free to be, to be shepherding, to be accompanying people and like not be getting stressed out about if anybody's bringing the right food, you know, to the, <laughs> to the meal part. And so that's a bit of big thing for, for me as overseeing these connect groups is really trying to help free up the leaders from things that I don't want them to spend a ton of Obviously, it's important that they eat, but you know, like, like, let's be creative then and figure out a way to take care of this so that you can really spend your energy on, on doing these other things. And that's, you know, shepherding these people that have been entrusted to you. So true. I love that. I, I think for us, the same, same goes, um, in terms of like fun, right? We want <laughs> your connect group, you know, should be the thing you look forward to, you know, that it's going to be fun. I even, um, don't use, I, I try not to refer to connect group gatherings as meetings because I don't mm -hmm. want them to feel like it's a, you know, mm. okay, on to the next business. You know, I want them to feel more like a Christian house party, right? So we want, so I, so I love what you're saying there, Naomi, like coming alongside leaders and equipping them to, 
to bring the, the, you know, to look at what their group, you know, how their group can best work together and, and what's going to work well for their group. I think that's beautiful. I love it. Mm, I, I still love, uh, I, I appreciate uh, the, the, the need for flexibility and for, to empower the leaders. And uh, whenever I hear that, it always reminds me of uh, a story from Paul Lang, who's off camera and offset, but he's got, he's on a production team and that their first, uh, that their, at their first connect group meeting, uh, with the potluck, um, uh, and it was a young adult connect group meeting. And so it was, it was that, that young, younger age group, but him along with all the other people who attended all brought salad for the potluck. And I just, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's flexibility and there might be too much flexibility because that's a lot of salad. <laughs> right. Right. And in some ways it's fun and everybody chips in, but in some ways, you know, you don't want people worried about that. So our, our 20 somethings group, they, somebody's in charge of ordering something and then they all pay through their apps, you know, like they just, <laughs> Yeah, I see that's Paul offset nod and go like, that's a great it, you know? idea. So, yeah, you know? But you love salad, Paul. <laughs> you know, that's awesome. Yeah, we do the same. Like for some of the groups, I'm always amazed. You know, some of the groups, they organize their food down to the very detail, you know, and that really works for them and they love it. And, you know, for our group, it's very much on the fly. Um, you know, Rob mm. brings a roast chicken. From Costco. Um, from, yeah. Costco from Costco every yeah. every time. And we love Can't that. He's that. kind of I known mean, as roast good. chicken Rob. So yeah. that's yeah. wonderful. And yeah, it's it's low touch. hard cooking those. We love it. It's great. So yeah, I agree. Like, don't let those things be concerns or barriers, you know, like do what works and, and, uh, and yeah. Go ahead. Well, you just don't want your leaders to get distracted, you know, from just, just really keeping it the main, the main thing. And, um, just, just the value and the importance of these, you know, we were talking about that with connect groups and one of the benefits of them and, you know, people coming and going and uh, the loneliness, I think is what you were talking about, right? This, this need to be known, but there also is just this real element of, of creating, um, they talk about a sticky church, right? That, that people just aren't so transient. Even after alpha, I think people can, you know, still sign struggle. And so that you're creating these communities to kind of help people, people stick. So you're not getting them in the front door, you know, but then losing them, losing them out the back. So. So connect groups tend to be one of the um, the things we get the most questions about at, at the at the ministry because it's one yeah. of the things that that interest I think uh, pastors priests uh, the, the most is well, what are you doing for groups and how does that work and which is part of the reason I, th- I get excited when we get a chance to, to talk about them but so now for people who are who are discerning whether connect groups are right for their parish or perhaps they're just starting to launch them what kind of advice what kind of advice might you have for 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 churches that are earlier on and either in discerning or, or early, early days of, of launching, what advice might you have for them? Yeah, great. I think um, it's beautiful to just like you're talking about, like just pray about it and consider like, where's your church? You know, where do you feel moved? Um, I think that there's a strong case that can be made for these mid-sized communities. Um, and, you know, as you look into different things versus like smaller discipleship groups or accountability groups, um, I think another important thing to consider is has Alpha been running at your parish um, long enough where starting connect groups wouldn't um, kind of deplete your alpha team too much or deplete some of your best leaders too soon. So there really is a lot of prudence. I know a lot of times, you know, you have your first people go through alpha and you're like, you know, we need to do this. We need connect groups. But really there is prudence sometimes in pausing and allowing to make sure that your alpha just is very strong and running really well, that you do have um, the leaders that you can bring into connect groups without um, impacting or to the detriment of your alpha team and that you just have enough, you know, people to start the connect group. So I think maybe even if you feel it on your heart, like this is where we want to go to really sit down and think about, you know, when, when then would be a good time for us to try to launch to make sure that we're protecting our um, alpha ministry also. 
I think that I, I, I'm over here nodding like crazy because I'm like, yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Because I think there's such a temptation, such a temptation. We just did alpha for the first time. We got all these people. They're excited. Let's put them in connect groups. Let's watch those. It's like, no, yeah. don't do it. Yeah. You need, you got to get your alpha to move. Right? Alpha culture. You need yeah. that alpha culture established first and foremost. So I love, I love that. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, Naomi. And, yeah. and, and if, if you look at alpha in your, in terms of, of being part of a game plan or, or part of a structure or a leadership pipeline, right, and it, right. it's, it, it's the pump that's going to start pushing everything through. And if you, if you take Take your foot off of that. Well, I'm really mixing metaphors, but the point is, <laughs> don't stop your alpha. Don't you know, stop. you've got to right. you've got to keep that moving. What was the timeline from when St. Benedict started doing alphas before they had their first? So, and and I'll say this too that I mean, you're, you know, we made. I mean, obviously, we made lots of mistakes, right? Um, coming out of the gate, but we tried to, you know, give it time to, you know, have the alpha culture established because completely, you cannot. Um, pull all your leaders off alpha, you know, and uh, you need to really focus on that. So it was really, I think, um, a connect group that's existing today, it was probably a couple years. Like, so we had done alpha probably because we were doing it around the, the whole year then. Um, yeah, we'd probably run, I want to say six or seven, maybe eight. You know, there was a pretty a good critical mass of people that had come through, done alpha team, you know, had some good leadership and, uh, yeah. And so that was, you know, we did, we did try to take our time and balance that properly. And yeah, you know, learning curve, I mean, some of the groups that we started out, you know, we may have, you know, in terms of how we onboarded leaders or members, it wasn't always smooth. And so that's fine too. You know, we made some mistakes, but it's mm-hmm. part so, of it. Naomi, where are you, where are you going with connect groups? What's it going to look like in Capel, Texas in two years from now? Oh boy, that's a, the beauty of it, right? Is to continue to grow and and to see. So really hopeful about the uh, the impact that it can have. I mean, already seeing, you know, already seeing just beautiful and tremendous fruit, and just really asking the Lord to continue to to multiply, you know, this great work. I think a, a big thing really for us to focus on is just really increasing the visibility, you know, of of these connect groups. Just really kind of helping that to become more normal in our parish culture, because it just, it just isn't yet in the same way that I think it is at St. Benedict's. And so that's a big thing that I just really want to normalizing this, right. That this is part of Christianity, right. Is, is doing life together, growing in these communities. So. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and being with us today, Naomi. It's such a pleasure to, to connect with you. Every time I get to connect with you, it's always a lot of fun. So thank you for being thank with you. us. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Thank you guys for all of your work. It's so beautiful. The impact that you guys are having, at least you know, from St. Anne's. Thank you. Like we would not be where we are now without um, all of the great work that you guys are doing. So appreciate that. Oh, you're, you're very generous. And, and, and so if people want to check out your parish, uh, I assume you're, you're open to visitors. Yeah, I would love if anybody has questions about other parishes, uh, come down and visit, or even just if you want to connect, just um, uh, get another input about maybe if you're asking some questions about connect groups, I'm happy to help in that way also. Well, thank you so very much, Naomi. I really appreciate being able to hang out with you today. Uh, and thank you for everybody else who was able to join us and, and be on this wild ride today. Uh, it, it, Divine Renovation as a ministry, we have something amazing. We've had it for a long time and you might not have it, but this might be your opportunity. If you haven't yet downloaded the Divine Renovation app on your phone, today could be your day. So I encourage you to whip out your cell phone, look at the app store and download the Divine Renovation app. Our podcast gets put up there along with a number of other things that that we do. We try and keep our events list updated and and some other communication stuff. We don't ding your phone a lot. That's not not the way we roll, but it would be great if you decided to, to have the app on your phone. Thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to being with you again next week. God bless.